This podcast is sponsored by the Joyce Foundation, which invests in public policies to advance racial equity and economic mobility for the next generation in the Great Lakes region. Welcome, everyone, back to the Crane's Detroit Business Podcast from the Mackinac Policy Conference. We've been having uh, conversations all day with uh, uh, big business leaders, political leaders, uh, talking about uh, all things that are going on in Michigan politics and government and and in some of our business community. And joining me now is Laura Graneman. She is the vice president of the Rocket Community Fund, uh, the philanthropic arm of Rocket Companies, uh, formerly known as Quicken Loans. And she also now has has the title of Interim Executive Director of the Gilbert Family Foundation, uh, which is the foundation arm, uh, philanthropic foundation arm of Dan and Jennifer Gilbert. So there's your introduction, Laura. Thank you so much, Chad. Glad uh, to be here. Did I miss anything? No. Okay. <laughs> we could call myself a mother to a great golden retriever dog. Yes. Daughter. You know, I have lots of titles, but well, those are my professional ones. Let's sum it up. Uh, you um, get to oversee um, how... Um, the Gilbert family gives away millions of dollars of their wealth. That's a that's a a, a general way of of, of, of describing um, what you do. Yeah, I get to have the fantastic opportunity of uh, supporting our communities, and and Dan uh, Gilbert himself has always been incredibly uh, focused on this this virtuous cycle that we can create uh, when we build wealth, we reinvest wealth. When we reinvest wealth, we help others build wealth. And so now uh, we are here uh, entering the we're in the third quarter of, of twenty uh, twenty one. Uh, it's been a, quite a quite a ride uh, for the last eighteen months in our in our world. But um, back in the spring, uh, Dan Gilbert made a commitment to um, give about five hundred million dollars towards initiatives in the city of Detroit through either both the uh, the Gilbert Family Fun- Family Foundation or the uh, the, the company's um, uh, philanthropic arm. Talk a little bit about uh, where that stands. That, that seems like quite a task to have to uh, uh, find find ways to give away half a billion dollars. Yeah. Um- so it's a 10-year commitment, uh, $500 million across both the Rocket Community Fund and the Gilbert Family Foundation. Um, and we are really focused on um, you know, the challenge being that there's been so many systemic barriers to success and economic opportunity, stability, let alone vibrancy and, and right, like thriving families in the city of Detroit, that it's really created a lack of agency for Detroit residents, for Detroit families, uh, where these economic systems around them, around us, uh, don't allow them to thrive. Um, it's every day we're trying to grind for the next opportunity. Right. right. So this commitment is really all about helping to build opportunity and equity for Detroit residents. Um, and we think that by collaborating across the Rocket Community Fund and the Gilbert Family Foundation, we will be able to make catalytic investments that help residents uh, stabilize their economic situation and then ultimately build wealth, grow opportunity, and and create intergenerational wealth building opportunities. So what are some examples of some areas that you're looking at uh, making some of these type of strategic investments in? So um, 
one of our really long-term commitments has been around property tax foreclosure, um, talking about a, a you know a, a cycle that has robbed people of their agency around the the systems that dictate the, our daily lives. Right, uh, property tax foreclosure is one of those, um, and it has uh, we've had 150,000 property tax foreclosures in the last 15 years. Um, one in Just three. Just some perspective. How many houses? I mean, how many, uh, out of how many houses are we talking about? Yeah, one in three of our Detroit properties has entered a tax foreclosure auction in incredible. that time. It's incredible. It's incredible. And and that doesn't just affect that one family, though the effects of that one family are significant. That also creates, I said, virtuous cycle before. That creates a vicious cycle on the other side, which you know uh, affects other houses, affects other families, and ultimately affects our ability to build a strong tax base and to provide the services at the government level to all families that they need. So addressing that systemic challenge has been a huge focus for us over the last 10 years. Um, and you know, just in March, we were able to launch the Detroit Tax Relief Fund, which was this huge culmination of many years of partnership and commitment across community, uh, you know, the city, the county, um, and philanthropy and, and private business to uh, pay off the back taxes for all low-income homeowners in the city of Detroit. Um, so again, just allowing them the the stability and uh, and opportunity to keep their home, not be at risk of losing their home, and really start to then build a solid foundation to grow from there. And get them out of the treasurer's auction, essentially. Correct. So how many have you done so far? So far, we've um, paid off the back taxes of over 1,000 families. Uh, we've got about 4,000 additional in the pipeline. And what What's uh, 1,000's families' tax bills add up to? You know, I actually don't have that number off the top of my head. Um, a couple of people have asked me that, so I will circle back with you and make sure I get that. This podcast is sponsored by the Joyce Foundation, which invests in public policies to advance racial equity and economic mobility for the next generation in the Great Lakes region. Okay, but it, it's it's enough that obviously it was crippling for them. Yes, the um, average tax bill total is usually somewhere between twenty five hundred and thirty five hundred dollars. Right, so so that, that that's just a, a debt that people they get behind on. They just simply cannot ever catch up and pay off. That's right. the 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 idea here is they really should have been able to qualify for tax relief several years ago. Uh, there is right. a 100% property tax exemption that exists in our city, um, but for whatever reason, they didn't know it existed or they had trouble accessing it. But now we have the supports uh, necessary through lots of community uh, partnerships to help people apply for that at scale and yeah. then to be able to provide the wraparound services to get them out from under that crippling debt. And, and you all have um, been involved or helped fund initiatives to try to educate people about that. Uh, and I've kind of lost track of how many times you've you've canvassed the city uh, yeah. in, in, in many different ways. Um, we're, every year, COVID aside, because we didn't want to send folks out door to door. Uh, we've done a door to door canvas of every person, every family living in a property behind on their property taxes. Uh, this will be our third year. Uh, and it'll look a little different this year with COVID. We're taking lots of, of precautions, but um, it, that data collection is incredibly important to us because first of all, it's important to meet people where they're at uh, and build trust in one-on-one -on -one with 
the person who needs the supports because um, you can do all the funding in the world and if you don't have trust with residents they don't necessarily need to take that next step uh, they don't know how to take that next step or they don't have access to the right information if you don't have that level of trust so meeting people where they're at is incredibly important and then getting access to some core data to help us make better decisions about how to connect people to the right resources we don't want to connect a renter to the to a to a property tax exemption we want to connect a renter to the right resources for them Right. Likewise, we don't want we want to connect a, a homeowner to a property tax exemption. Right? Sure. Okay. So as you kind of move forward, there's these four thousand other homes in the pipeline that should qualify for this assistance to get their tax bills paid off. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, and there's many more folks out there. Um, so we know that roughly there's likely about twenty thousand families who could qualify for this, and a big part of our work over the last six months has been social. Uh, advertising, TV advertising, radio advertising, working with partners to get out into uh, community organizations and churches and trying to really get this information out in front of uh, the right folks so that they know how to reach out and get the, the support they need. One of the things I've kind of noted in the past uh, is that your your team, uh, the, the community fund, has taken an approach almost like a think tank. Um, you've, you know, you said you had to go out and want to go out and get that data and collect that information so you know kind of what the what the upstream issue is as you try to sort of work upstream from, you know, a, you know, an, a, a tough position sometimes to try to get at these these underlying issues of how is it that people don't already qualify and, and uh, or what, why don't they already know to uh, fill out this form and, and get this exemption? Um, talk a little bit about that approach and have you have you seen any, any uh, other corporations in town sort of start to sort of take a same sort of data um, uh, think tank approach to how they how they approach their philanthropy? Um, yeah, so I we I like to call it falling in love with the problem, not the solution. Uh, in philanthropy, there's a lot of solutions coming at you every day, right. and, and and in every part of our world, there's a lot of solutions that come at you, and uh, you have to discern what the right solution is with imperfect information. But in this case, the imperfect information was just astronomical. We just didn't have any information about the problem, so we needed to go get real data from real people because there were clear cracks in the foundation, no pun intended, that was causing people to not access the resources that they needed. So, you know, we try to apply this mindset of falling in love with the problem to every problem that we're solving. Get the data first. That piece is critical. And also, while you're doing that, you, you can bring people along with you, right? Um, yeah. You might have a vision yourself, but just funding one thing is not going to change an ecosystem. So going out, mobilizing people, working with community groups to go door to door and get access to that data and reach people where they're at, um, that's been game changing in so many ways for both our level of awareness, the community's level of awareness, um, and just general buy-in and trust. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, some sometimes sometimes the general public thinks you know, this is all really altruistic and uh, do-gooding and such. But there, what's the business reason for for 
rocket to be uh, in this space of drilling down into systemic issues at the neighborhood level in Detroit? Um, well, you know, we do have this fundamental value, and this really did come from Dan himself, that our business is strong when our community is strong and vice versa. Um, it, it is, it, it's, it, it's not a direct connection, and it's not something you can necessarily measure on a spreadsheet, but when Detroit is strong, our business thrives, and when our business thrives, our, our community should thrive. Um, so that connection is there, and, and it's really been a core value. It's core to who we are. Um, so it, it strengthens our ability to attract great people to the city of Detroit, to help our team members thrive. We have thousands of team members living in the city of Detroit. Um, so it's important that we're supporting them and their communities to be able to make sure that our communities are sustainable and our business is sustainable. Uh, Laura Graneman, uh, Vice President of the Rocket Community Fund and Interim Executive Director of the Gilbert Family Foundation. Thank you for joining us on the podcast here at the Mackinac Policy Conference. Thanks, Chad. It's always a pleasure. Yes. I'm Chad Livingood, Senior Editor at Current Detroit Business, and you've been listening to our podcast from the Mackinac Policy Conference. This podcast is sponsored by the Joyce Foundation, which invests in public policies to advance racial equity and economic mobility for the next generation in the Great Lakes region.